is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hi, here we are again together. If you happen to be a first-time listener and a friend sent you an episode and invited you to take a listen, I want to say thank you. And it wasn't an accident. We attracted each other for a reason. There's something in this podcast that you are meant to hear. Perhaps there are several messages and lessons coming through this podcast that are meant for you. I invite you to not just listen to the episode that was shared with you, but just scroll through And not just scanning the titles to see what catches your attention, but feel into your body as you scan the titles of the episodes and your body will tell you which ones are meant for you. Or you can just start with episode one and move on through. So if you're one of our regular listeners, thank you so much for being back. I'm so happy. This is the second episode of the new season, not the new season by calendar. Our second year doesn't begin until October, but we had a bit of a hiatus for the summer. Unexpected, but totally perfect. And this is the second episode since then. If you're listening in real time, you heard our amazing conversation with Sigrid. I've been saying Sigrid Tasias for quite some time because in Spanish, that's how it looks like you would say her name. Um, But I noticed that recently in a video, she said, I am Sigrid Tazis. So I'll have to ask her about that. But I am sure you heard that beautiful episode with the long introduction, which was a welcome back from me. It was over two hours. And I know a lot of you are listening to different pieces and really taking it in. I had a listener message me and say, you know, I am devouring this slowly. There's a lot here. And it, and if you haven't made it through the episode, yeah, just go at whatever pace feels good to you. There's just so much wisdom in that. I mean, we talked about everything from, you know, parenting and motherhood to triggers to intimate relationships and what comes up in those containers. What does it mean to be embodied? We talk about, you know, the breath and scanning our body. She gave us beautiful, simple, but very, very powerful tools that we can implement immediately in our life without hiring a coach or going to a retreat, but just starting right away to help regulate our nervous system and become grounded and more in our body. I mean, there was just so much. So if you did listen, I'm sure you agree that it was amazing. If you haven't listened, hopefully this invites you to go back. She is pretty remarkable. 
So many times, because I think it's interesting, at least with my personality, I like understanding the behind the scenes of things. You may not, but I'll quickly tell you that with this show, I don't use notes. I just go by whatever feels like it needs to come out and through my voice into the microphone. There's no prep. There's no research whatsoever. Sometimes I'll, I'll write down like three bullet points, but that's very, very rare. Some Many times I don't even know what the episode is going to be that I'm recording until I actually stand here. I have a running list of ideas, things that come to me. This would be great for the show. This would be great for the show. My listeners would really like this. I bet this is something we could talk about. And that list, I'd say maybe a third of it has been touched because I usually just go spur of the moment. And today is no different. And the reason I'm sharing that is because I had the idea of, for a great episode and even yesterday thought this is what I would talk about. And then something in my life came up, um, pretty emotional stuff. And in my body, even after doing some, some of the things that I've learned to do to release and return to love, I'm still feeling sad and I'm just not feeling like that topic is appropriate right now for me to chat about. I will do it for next week. And I decided, you know what? So many of you have been listening since the very beginning and you're like, you know, you've become like family to me and I've been very raw and real. So I'm going to continue to do that. So what I'm going to talk about with you today is very relevant even in the moment for me because of something I'm walking through with one of my kids. And and I don't mean to be cryptic when I don't really give specifics about what that child is dealing with, but there are people who listen who know my family and whose children are friends with my children. And there was an instance once where innocently a mom shared with their child that a child of mine was going through something and then they said something to someone and it was quite embarrassing for them. So I also never know who's listening in the background when when women are listening to this show or parents are listening to the show. So um, that's why I don't give specifics. Not that I need to explain that to you, but I am anyway. You know, there's sometimes we feel the need to defend, justify, and explain from a place of people-pleasing and insecurity. And sometimes we explain because we just feel it's the kind thing to do. I'm explaining because I think you'll find it interesting and I just wanted you to know that. So. Right now in real time, as in the last, you know, 48 hours uh, or 24 hours more like, I've been really struggling or I'd say dancing with this role of mother. You know, when you have a child, it doesn't matter the age, but I do feel that when they're teenagers and sometimes into early adulthood, but middle school to high school in that area, you know, there's so much coming at them and there's so much that they are coming up against that many times we don't even know about. But when you and I are are witnessing their pain and we're witnessing struggle and we're doing everything we know how to do and it's not helping because they have to walk through it themselves, it is painful. And I'm actually glad we're talking about this because on the heels of the episode yesterday with Secret, and if you haven't heard this, you know, this was a segment of it where we talked about children using their voice or in any relationship this comes up, but we talked about children and she actually used the word teenager, you know, that when we feel safe with people, when our teenager, when our child feels safe to do so, they will use their voice and they will they will express emotion and say things to us that could sting. Things like, you know, I hate you or things like, I hate the way you do this or you drive me crazy or you're the only mom who does this or that or whatever it is. So even though you and I consciously know that that's a good thing, we are still human. And I think it's important to 
remember that. We can have that deep knowing and that overall sense of peace and still say, this hurts. This effing hurts. You know, I get it and it hurts. And so that's where I am in this moment. I get it. I'm at peace with it. I, it's not the flippant spiritual bypassing, you know, everything happens for a reason so I don't have to deal with it or so that I can justify it and move on. I get that a deep knowing of it really is happening for a reason. This really is the path of this child. This really is something they need to walk through that God is polishing this child like a stone. I get that so, so clearly. And right now my heart hurts. My heart hurts for this child. My heart hurts with this child. My heart hurts for me as a mother. You know, I was just crying to my husband saying, it's difficult to explain, you know, but when this child comes through you, and I know there are many ways to paths to motherhood. For me personally, I gave birth to this child and they grew in me for, you know, nine months and there's that, right? But then I also have a background of essentially being a single mother when I was married to someone who was emotionally unavailable and, and addicted to alcohol. And there's just so many parts and pieces to this. And so I want to tell you that I see you and I see that there are so many parts and pieces to your journey as a parent and that you're not doing it wrong and you're not getting it wrong, even when it feels like you are, even when you do mess up and you do get it quote unquote wrong, it's still not wrong. You know, that you're learning through and with this child and this child is your teacher and your messenger and your student all in one. So that's hard. That's a lot. You know, like what other relationship is like this where they are your teacher, they are your guide, they are your messenger, they are your medicine, as much as that medicine hurts sometimes. And they're also your offspring. You also brought them into this world and you you also signed up for this. And you're also doing your best every day and you you also love them so much. And you also are their parent and their teacher while being their student. It's a lot especially when you become aware of that. And when we're going through life unconscious, you know, and we're just, you know, popping out kids and just going through the motions, it's not painful at all. And there are times, I don't know if you can relate, but there are times when I've wished for that. I actually just made a joke literally today. I mean, I would say in the last hour to my husband and said, I said to him, you know, you know, I don't really mean this, but there are times when I say, my gosh, this is hard. Like, can I just have and I, I won't use the name, but it's so-and-so, I'll say Jackie. I don't even know someone named Jackie. Can I just have the Jackie experience? Can I just order and get the Jackie and not the Jill? Not the Jill experience? Like, that's not what I ordered. I'm, I'm at Starbucks. You give me the drink and it says Jill, but I want to say, no, not me. I ordered Jackie. I'm Jackie. You know, like I, I sometimes I want that. And he reminded me of what I, I knew, but I needed to be reminded in that moment. You wouldn't want that. That's not what you signed up for. And it's all a byproduct of everything else. Everything is related. Everything's connected. You know, my childhood causing me to choose the partner that I chose to be married at such a young age to, you know, the healing that needed to happen that I didn't know needed to happen that didn't happen before I had children. So the mother I was because of that. And then the ripple effect of all of that. That's where I am today. Not a chain of events that's bad, not a cascade effect that turns to shit. No, but that it's all connected and related. And I just, I get to say it hurts. 
I don't like this. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I chose this life. And let me, let me focus on all the beauty of it as well. I mean, I would never give up my experience for Jackie's experience, even though I say I want the Jackie. I don't want the Jackie experience because if I have the Jackie experience, I have to give up my whole experience. I don't know if you heard the episode where I talked about, you know, the antidote for jealousy. Let's apply it to parenthood right now to have this easy experience and the kids that just fall in line and they're happy and they're well adjusted and this and this and this. And it's this dream experience to have that experience. Okay. You get that. I'm going to offer it to you. I am God. I'm giving it to you right now. Hold on a second. There's just one more thing. You also have to take what's behind door number three and you don't know what's behind door number three. What if it means you get really, really sick when you're whatever age and you suffer and you die and you don't get to see them walk down the aisle? Do you still want that life? What if you have to trade your spouse? What if you get that experience, but you don't get it with your particular children? Oh my God, no. I don't want other kids. I want my kids. Suddenly, see, this is why this podcast is medicine for me because I know God's talking to me right now. Because I asked before I came to this microphone, please speak through me. Please help me see whatever I need to see as I'm speaking to these women and I'm attempting to help them with what I've gone through and what I'm going through. Feel free to use me, not just as a vessel for them, but as medicine for myself. What do I need to hear? What would you like me to know? So I have something next to me that I'm, I'm going to read. And it might be a little rough because I've skimmed over at one time. And I've never really read it thoroughly, but someone I work with called Violet, the spirit healer, gave this to me. And I feel very, very called to read this myself. And I feel very called to read this for you, to you, and with you. So I'm going to read this to you. And then after that, I just want to talk a little bit about the stories that we make up about how other parents are experiencing their children and how other children really are. And I want to talk about the obedient child and why it's so easy to crave that. And actually, you know what? Let's just do that now. I want to do it now. So I had a friend just post on social media, happy birthday to one of her children. And she described him and she said, he's so obedient. And gosh, I wish I could have the words exactly, but it was something along the lines of he's obedient. And basically he just always does what he's supposed to do. And no criticism of her because That's what we teach, right? In our society, in most societies, most cultures, that that's the right thing to do. And it's good. Now it's, it's, it's not wrong. I've also learned that the obedient child sometimes is the child that is abandoning who they are and abandoning their real voice because they don't want to hurt you. And they'd rather suck it up and hurt themselves than share how they really feel. They either think there's going to be some sort of a response from you that doesn't feel good if they, quote unquote, rebel, or if they don't fall in line and do exactly what they're supposed to, if they're not the real follower, or sometimes they feel, and this is how I felt, that in order to get your love, that's who they have to be. And now we've celebrated that, especially on social media, and they hear that and they see that. So that's who they need to be. You're such a good girl. You're such a good boy. And I've done it too, a million times. So again, no, I'm not calling anyone out here. I'm just using that as an example. I thought of that today. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember doing that. And I remember thanking my kids who were the easy ones. Thank you for being so easy. Thank you for just saying yes. My husband says all the time, just say yes. 
If I say to do something, just say, okay, just say, okay. And I then have repeated that as well. I've compared kids and said, do you know what it's like when we tell this child, they just say, okay, can you ever just say, okay? Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that because there are times when you do want your child to just say, I don't get it. I don't like it, but you're my parent. I know you love me. I'm going to do it. But do we really want our child to always do that? Do we really want our child to be taught and rewarded for always saying, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I won't push back. I won't share how I feel about it. I'll go ahead and just ignore how I feel and I won't give you my opinion. I'll just do whatever you say, no matter what, so I can be the good kid. Because if I'm not, then I'm not worthy. Because if I'm not, what if I don't get your love? Because you're showing me that this is how you want me to be. So I'll make sure I'm like that. And then they grow up and they do that in a relationship. Or they're afraid to get a divorce because they don't want to upset you as the parent. So they sign up for something they don't want to sign up for because they want to be what? Obedient. They just want to say, okay. So maybe that's not always what we want. We certainly don't want our children to push back so much, right? That they're hurting themselves, that they're sacrificing their safety, let's say. We don't want our children to, you know, be sneaking out at night and drinking alcohol and doing drugs and hurting themselves, of course. So that's why parenting is hard, in my opinion, because it's like we want something in the middle. Most of us don't, though. If we're really honest, we want the easy. We want the Jackie experience. We want the kid to be the Jackie. We want, sorry, Jackie. If you're a Jackie, I'm sorry. This is just coming out of my mouth right now for no reason. But we want the kid that is easy. We want the kid that obeys. We want the kid that is obedient. We want the kid that falls in line. We want the kid that is happy. We want the kid that is involved in sports and does well in school and has friends. And we want that Jackie experience. Why? Because we don't want to deal with our own shit. Because if we don't have the Jackie experience and the kid isn't that kid, that's the kid that's going to trigger all of the stuff that we have not healed. Remember what we learned in the last episode. Our partners will reflect where we are not free. What if it's our children who are doing that? What if our children are the medicine? What if our children are the ones reflecting where we are not free? They can't do it if they're stifled. They can't do it if they're gagged. They can't do it if they're suffocated by, thanks for being so good. Thanks for always saying yes. Thanks for saying okay. And that's what I'm going to reward. And if they're never able to do that and they don't trigger the stuff that we have not resolved where we are not free, then what happens with them? The same thing. They don't get anything that comes up. So it just gets stuffed down like a ball that you're pushing under the water. And one day it comes out in other ways. Maybe they bite their nails to the nub. Maybe they have issues with food. Maybe they have issues with shopping. Maybe they have constipation. Maybe they have panic attacks that you and I don't even know about. But guess what? At least they're obedient. At least they always smile. Looks like life is great. They make life so easy for us. This is medicine for me right now. As I'm speaking right now, I'm realizing this is helpful to me as well. I hope it's helping you. Some of you listening are like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Like, I don't have any of that. If you have children and you don't have any of that, that's something to look at. Why? It's there. You're just not seeing it. Maybe you're just seeing your own need for perfection. Maybe you're so hard on yourself as a parent that you can't really see reality because that's been me. I swam in the deep end of the pool of guilt for so long 
I was so pruned and so shriveled up from being in that deep end for so long that I didn't know what it was like to step out of the shallow end and actually just hang out. I didn't know what it was like because all I lived in and breathed and bathed in and and survived on was my own guilt as a mother. Wore it like a badge of honor. It justified all behavior because if I feel bad, what does that mean? Well, at least I'm a good person. If I feel guilty and bad about everything I do, then I don't have to change, first of all. And second, it reminds me that at least I'm a good person. I may have done that, but at least I'm a good person because I feel bad about it. Because only horrible people don't feel bad about things. But the problem is those were blinders and they might be your blinders. All of that guilt might be keeping us from seeing what's really going on with our kids. Our desire for having the perfect kid and the perfect Jackie experience looks good on Facebook. It looks great when we're talking to our other friends about what's your kid doing? What's your kid doing? Feels really good. I'm all pumped up. Oh, my kid's going to college and she's doing this and he's doing that. And, you know, I'm still so good. I'm going to just like pat myself on the back. I did a really good job. It feels good. But so does heroin. <laughs> does that mean it's good for us? Does that mean it's it's the good path for us? Now, does this mean we shouldn't brag about our kids? No, 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 no. They want to see us bragging about them. But what are we bragging about? Are we bragging about them being good? Or are we bragging about what good people they are? As in their value as a human being, their soul, their integrity, their their love for humanity, their their weirdness, their crazy creativity. Are we bragging that they don't fit into a box and we love the fact that they're different? Is that what we're bragging about? Or does that scare the shit out of us? Because if they're willing to be different and they're willing to color outside of the lines, then that threatens my whole existence because I wasn't allowed to or I was afraid to. And you sure as hell aren't going to do it and remind me because guess what? I want the Jackie life. I don't want you to trigger my shit. So stand in line, dress like me, straighten up, go to college, just like I told you, and do your job, which is to show me that I'm getting it right. My child who's having some struggles, who's been having ongoing struggles, said something to me. You know, we were having a very difficult conversation last night and their nervous system was unregulated, like dysregulated, fight or flight. I don't want to talk to a therapist. I don't want to talk to a coach. I don't want any of your spirit catching crap that you do. Don't tell me about breath work and all this other shit. One, it doesn't work. And two, I'm a teenager. I don't want to do it. And we were having this difficult conversation. And I asked God in that moment, please, 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 please speak into this conversation. The old me would have said, please make it better. Please make it better. Please make it better. But no, I said, help me take this. And say through this person what I need to hear. What do you want me to hear as a mother? And this child said to me several things that that I felt in my body. I knew that was God. And one of them was, I'm already hard on myself enough. Every time you remind me of this thing, all it does is make me feel worse. I don't need that. And then I remembered, oh my God, I've heard that from my husband. Oh my God, that's how I felt. When I was going to this new gym that I'm going to and they gave me grace and they didn't judge me and they weren't hard on me for the fact that I canceled and I didn't show up, 
And I even said to myself, oh, maybe I should, that's how I should parent. (laughs) Maybe God is showing me that that's the kind of parent I should be. In that conversation, that wisdom came through and I remembered, oh my gosh, listen to this person, listen. They are your teacher. Remember, they're going to show you where you're not free. They're going to show you what medicine you need. They're going to push all your buttons. Not because they're teenagers. I'm so sick of that story. Well, you know, teenagers, they push your buttons. They test you. Toddlers and teenagers, right? They test you. They test the boundaries. It's good for them. The other thing is, my belief is that is God saying, wake up. Will you please wake your mom up? Say this. All right, do this. Her angels and her guides and I are trying really hard to get her to wake up so that we can put love into that spot of her that has nothing but pain. And you're right here, the best tool that we have. So please piss her the fuck off right now. Trigger her need for perfection. Trigger her mom guilt. Trigger her need for control. Remind her that you cannot be controlled. And then we'll do the rest. All right, so I'm going to read this to you. This is from Conversations with God, and it's called A Children's Parable. Once upon no time, there was a little soul who said to God, I know who I am. And God said, that's wonderful. Who are you? And the little soul shouted, I am the light. God smiled a big smile. That's right. God exclaimed, you are the light. The little soul was so happy for it had figured out what all the souls in the kingdom were there to figure out. Wow, said the little soul. This is really cool. But soon, knowing who it was was not enough. The little soul felt stirrings inside and now wanted to be who it was. And so the little soul went back to God, which is not a bad idea for all the souls who want to be who they really are, and said, Hi, God. Now that I know who I am, is it okay for me to just be it? And God said, you mean you want to be who you already are? Well, replied the little soul, it's one thing to know who I am, and it's another thing altogether to actually be it. I want to feel what it's like to be the light. But you already are the light, God repeated, smiling again. Yes, but I want to see what that feels like, cried the little soul. Well, said God with a chuckle, I suppose I should have known. You always were the adventuresome one. Then God's expression changed. There's only one thing. What? asked the little soul. Well, there's nothing else but the light. You see, I created nothing but what you are. And so there is no easy way for you to experience yourself as who you are since there is nothing that you are not. Huh? said the little soul, who was now a little confused. Think of it this way, said God. You're like a candle in the sun. Oh, you're there, all right. Along with a million, gazillion other candles who make up the sun. And the sun would not be the sun without you. Nay, it would be a sun without one of its candles. And that would not be the sun at all, for it would not shine as brightly. Yet how to know yourself as the light when you are amidst the light? That is the question. Well, the little soul perked up. You're God. Think of something. Once more time, God smiled. I already have, God said. 
Since you cannot see yourself as the light when you are in the light, we'll surround you with darkness. What's darkness? The little soul asked. God replied, It is that which you are not. Will I be afraid of the dark? Cried the little soul. Only if you choose to be, God answered. There is nothing really to be afraid of unless you decide that there is. You see, we are making it all up. We are pretending. So what if our role as a parent is to simply remind our child that they are the light and ourselves focus on the true, true fact that we also are the light? And if we spent all of our energy shedding ourselves and freeing ourselves of everything that we are not, what if that was the point of parenthood? And we did that while our child witnessed that. And then we witnessed that in our child and celebrated them doing the same.